Guys, thank you. That was outstanding. Uh, you guys really know how to usher the presence of the Holy Spirit into this place, and we're thankful for your talents and your willingness. So, guys, just want to wish uh, bring you. Uh, wish you're glad you're here. <laughs> I'll get it out eventually. Um, you know, it's just thanks for coming and celebrating with us. I mean, what a what a great day this is. I mean, this is the day that God came out of the pits of hell victorious for you and I so that we can one day join him in heaven. And so we're just so thankful. Um, let's go ahead. If you guys would, go with me in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you're here amongst us today. We feel your spirit. We're just so thankful for what you've done for us. We just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will enter our, our, our gathering here today and that lives will be changed forever. We just give you all the praise and glory, Father, in Christ's name, amen. So, guys, with no further ado, uh, our holy man, the pastor from the pastor, is here to get, bring us a word. So, Well, I think I am. Yep. Good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wasn't that something? Isn't this something? You know, I don't think I've ever been more aware. I, matter of fact, I know I haven't. I have never been more aware of just how much we have to celebrate. And I don't know why it hit me so powerfully this year, but it, but it really has. I think because of you all and that, I, that, that God selected me to uh, have the wonderful privilege of being in your presence and, and getting... It's, it's just an amazing honor to get to worship Him with you guys. And um, I've thought a lot about just how much we have to celebrate. Okay. So, you know, as, as and Chris was right, he come right out of the pits of hell. A friend of mine... He always says, he says, you know what, say, what what Jesus was doing for them three days that he was gone? I'm like, no, what was he doing? He said he was pulling the teeth out of old Satan down there. By the time three days was up, he'd had enough of him. He just couldn't wait for him to leave. And uh, we, do, we just got so much to rejoice. And I got a couple of things. We're going to go, if you've got your Bible with you, turn with me to the 20th chapter of John. We're going we're gonna to read right from there. Um, and there's a couple of points that I want to make while we're reading there. And it always amazes me how the Holy Spirit brings things to, to our attention. And uh, brings for the purpose of teaching each other. And as, as I was reading this, you know, it's awesome where we are. And it's awesome to have the privilege of, of freedom from our sins. We know we're born into a sinful world with a sinful nature. And he, got, he gave us deliverance from that. And I've often thought of how little the hope we would have without that. What a gloomy, dark existence this would be. And what a gloomy, dark existence this is for those that don't have that same hope. And so we, we just need to share that story everywhere we go. We got hope. When there's no hope, we still have hope. And it's amazing to me when you watch somebody, even if they're following him or not following him, but if they're struggling in their life, if you can get them in a place where they're tied or connected to him, where they're under his covering again, their life will get back in order like that. 
It's incredible, is it not? It's Our God is good. He came so that could happen. The thing that really strikes me is that I believe that a lot of Christian America today doesn't really operate. They, they know that the living God's there, and they know that he prepared a place for them eternally, but they live in a way that's conflicted. We all have lived in a way that's been conflicted. We haven't operated in the power that's available to us. And I want to I want to start reading here this this story. Um, man, the light's wrong. Would help if I got to the twentieth chapter instead of the fourteenth one. We're going to end up there though. Um, early on Sunday morning. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the tomb, that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple. I want you to listen to this. The one whom Jesus loved. I have studied that a lot this week because it struck me. I'd heard that a lot of times. John the author of this chapter, he, he, he introduces himself often as the one that Jesus loved. And I got to thinking about that. We don't think of ourselves like that. We think of ourselves as another one that Jesus loved. But the truth of the matter is, he loves us in such an incredible, amazing way that we can't even fathom it. And the way that John felt was is that he was special in his Lord's eyes. And when he six times in the book of John he introduces himself as the one whom Jesus loved. I'm sure the other disciples are like, Yeah, us too, guy. But the truth is we need to look at it like that. The one that whom he loved. And for whatever reason, I think because I've been studying this, I started looking at my Lord like this this week. I'm like, I'm the doted on one. You know, what did they say in Tombstone when, when the brothers were all talking about, about, they say, oh, Mama always loved Morgan the most. And, and uh, um, he's like, yeah, but she always doted on the frowner. Talking about Wyatt. And I've thought about that a long, lot of times, and I feel like that in my life. God has doted on me. If that weren't true, I wouldn't be standing before you. He has doted on you. If it weren't true, you wouldn't be here. He has specifically called you out and brought you here into the presence of his glory with his people to learn a little bit more, to reaffirm just how much he loves you. So I challenge you to start looking at yourself. Start introducing yourself as the one whom he loves. Oh, I'm John Paul, the one he loves the most, it seems like to me. I'm telling you, isn't it right? He loves you. He dotes on you. This is an awesome story, and it, and it sh- shares the truth about how he was raised, how he come out of this tomb. So she ran and found Simon Peter 
and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And I thought the darkness that was right there, the fear. But you know what? I also think that even as she was saying it, she would be thinking, you know what? I'm not feeling near as much anxiety as I should be for the way this situation seems. This seems like we have no hope, and yet somehow I feel like we have hope. I, of course I don't know, but knowing my God and how he dotes on me, I'm just sure that she was like, this doesn't make much sense. This should be the darkest moment in history, and yet I feel like there's hope. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple, the one whom he loves, this cracks me up, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. John might have been a little competitive. I am too. I like it. He stopped and looked in the tomb and the linen wrappings lying lying there but he didn't go in then Simon Peter arrived and went inside he also noticed that the linen and wrapping he also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth had been covered Jesus head the cloth that had covered I'm sorry I'm having a little trouble with the light while the cloth that had covered Jesus head was folded and was lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first had went in and he saw and believed. In that moment, he too knew. He was wondering, I'm sure he was wondering all the way through. And he'd been spent enough time with his Lord to know that he was special, that he was the one. And nothing made sense, but all of a sudden in that moment, he's like, I don't know what's happening next, but it's going to be wonderful. For until, they, for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that had said Jesus must rise from the dead. You know what they did then? They went on home. They started telling their story. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Mary is the title of the next part. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stopped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of, of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying, the angels asked. Because they have taken my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there, and it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Up to this point in time, it's so interesting to me that if we go to Mary Magdalene that I ain't figured it out yet. 
The others, as they figured it out, they went on home. But my Lord loved, he's doting on Mary Magdalene right here. She ain't getting it. She come from a hard, hard past. And her past wouldn't let her break through and understand what was going on. So my Lord hung around a little longer, just speaks specifically to her for the purpose that she might talk to us someday in the same position when we're confused. It's crazy how he's loving on her and doting on her. Millions of people in the universe even then, and he hung around a little while longer to break into Mary Magdalene's life one more time. And I'm going to tell you, whatever you're going through, my God is hanging around a little while longer ready to break into your life. All you got to do is keep looking. You just got to look one more time. He's right there and he is ready for you. And he is ready to show you that he is going to dote on you. He is ready to prove to you that you are the one that he loves. This story goes on and I'm not going to read all of it to you. I would encourage you to when you go home. But I'm going to skip down to the 26th verse. No, the 30th verse. I'm ta- The light is terrible. If we go to the 30th verse, it tells the purpose of this story. And I want to read it to you. Because there's something else in here that really struck me. The first thing as I was preparing to talk to you all today that struck me is that we have got to get in our getter that we are the one that Jesus loves. That he wants to dote on us. That he wants to prove his love, love through us in a way that we cannot even fathom. Let's let him. Let's introduce, introduce ourselves as that, as his people, as his person. And there's one more thing that really struck at, stuck out at me as I read this. And, I, and it came come right here. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. Listen to this again. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. You won't, you, you won't have a life. You won't have a existence. You won't have, you won't have a facsimile of life. You won't have eternal life later. You will have a life as you believe that he is the Messiah and you let him dote on you. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And I got, yes. We do not operate in the power of his name today in Christian America. And because we don't, it's confusing. I'm going to tell you right now, these young people sitting around here, if they don't see Jesus do amazing things, if they don't see him love on us the way he wants to, if they don't see him dote on us, if they don't see him do crazy miracles through the power of his name, 
they will not stay. The reason that we see our traditional churches emptying out because they sat in that pew for their entire growing up and it was boring and it was dull and it was dead and they never saw the living God do nothing. And he wants to do something. He wants to do something mighty. He wants to do something amazing. He wants to love on each and every one of us and he wants to prove it through his love to these guys so they can prove it to their generation. He told us in the 14th chapter of John, he said, I am not going to leave you like orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. You won't see me after a while, but my spirit will be there. I'm going to send you the advocate, and he is going to help you through all things. He is going to convict you of the truths of me, and he is going to let you operate in my power. Pray with me. Father, we love you. But more importantly, you love us. You love us in a crazy way, an incredible way. We can't even describe your love for us. We do not deserve to even be alive. And yet not only are we alive, but we have a life, an amazing, exciting life in your presence with your people. And all we have to do is just show how much you love us. And as you love on us and you do crazy, incredible miracles, the next generation won't have to wonder if you're real because they will see it with their own eyes. Father, we know we can say whatever we want and nobody will believe it until they see it, just like Thomas. And so, Father, right now I just pray that you would prove yourself out right here amongst us, each and every one of us. Every one of us, as we go home today, we would, be, we would know. We would know in our knower that we are the one that you love, that you have sorted us off, that you are doting on us even right now, and you want to do crazy miracles that are outside of our understanding to prove your way and to prove just how powerful you are. The power of your name has authority over this entire universe. And we want to operate in it. We praise you for this. Father, right now, even as I'm praying, if there's somebody here that does not know you, I pray that they would seek me out or somebody else that that is confident to lead them to you through scripture and in prayer. I just praise you. And I love you. And I thank you for these people that you have allowed me to be with. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name, the name above all names, the name, the only name with any true power. We praise you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, while they're playing the closer, I would like, I'd like Mark and Chris and Tim and Bill, if you fellas would come up here. And if there's anybody, if you need any praying over, these men can handle it. And if they ain't the right one, there's others here that are. And if you're more comfortable with a woman, I'm telling you right now, there are some mighty powerful women in here that would love to lead you. But I promise you, you will not regret 
coming to know him today. Or if you know him, but you haven't considered yourself the one that whom he loves, a special one, the doted upon one, if you don't consider yourself that, I encourage you to come forward, and I'd like to pray with you about that. I'd like for him to open your eyes so he can see just how much he loves you. And he is ready and willing and able to do that right this very day.